Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Paraconnection Podcast. You're here with Schuler. Sadly, the rest of the team wasn't able to join me today, but that's all right because we have a special guest joining the podcast today, and that is Jim Harold from Jim Harold's Campfire and the Paranormal Podcast. Now, if you remember back to a few podcasts ago, quite a few, we actually had Ron Hood from Ron's Amazing Stories on the podcast, along with Sylvia Schultz. Now, those two guys are great, and along with them is Jim Harold. So these three guys, I have to say, are some of the original OGs of podcasting. First time that I got into podcast, it was these guys that I listened to, and their stories were just phenomenal. So role model material right here. So without a doubt, it is an honor to have Jim on the podcast with us today and to speak a little bit about how he got into the podcasting world and also some personal experiences that he had with the supernatural. Or if you will, head scratchers a.k.a. The Unknown. So again, I say without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in today's podcast and get Jim on the line. All right, we got Jim on the line. Jim, are you there? I am there. How are you today, sir? Awesome. Pretty good, Jim. Pretty good. Thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Oh, I'm glad to be here. It's always a privilege to get to talk to people about spooky stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that, especially with you, Jim. You were one of the first podcasters I've had the privilege myself of listening to, so to have you on our podcast, that's just phenomenal. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's an honor to be here, and I enjoy uh, coming on other uh, podcasts and talking about these subjects, because I think we all have something uh, to learn. I don't think really anybody has the answers, and we're all asking the same types of questions and we kind of just all bring our different spin to it so the more the merrier i say exactly you know that's the way i look at it too it's it's kind of like a puzzle a jigsaw puzzle and it, there's just pieces all over the place which we call the world and you try to drag those pieces to one place and podcasting i feel is a great place to do it <laughs> yep agreed so jim to start off um I've also had the privilege to talk with Ron Hood and Sylvia Schultz. I think you've been able to talk with them as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Both great guests. Oh, absolutely. So there's kind of like a little paranormal triangle going on. So it's fantastic to have everybody on board and kind of share all their different insights and everything. And to start this, my curiosity goes with how did you start off with the podcast world? How did you get into podcasting yourself? Well, the thing was is that... Um, I had gone to school to, to be in front of the mic or the camera. That was my, uh, that's what I was geared towards when I was in school. And I ended up working in radio, but on the business side. Um, and that's what I was doing in 2005 when I discovered this thing called podcasting. It was a very, very early days. Nobody knew what it was. It's like this little niche thing on the Internet that just a, a few people were doing. And a lot of people were doing homemade podcasts. I'm like, you know what? I've got a broadcasting background. I've been working in radio for over a decade, uh, not in front of the mic, but this is something that I think I want to do because at that point I had a, a wife, two kids, a mortgage. So it wasn't like I could quit my job in the business side of media, in radio specifically, and just say, oh, I'm going to go to a small market radio station and start. So I said, you know what? Just as a hobby, I'll do this this podcasting thing and i got to thinking about it, it's like well what do i really enjoy what do i keep coming back to that's fascinated me my whole life and i thought about different things and 
And the one I kept coming back to was that of the supernatural and the paranormal. And when I talk about paranormal stuff, to me, paranormal means anything outside of the, uh, the, 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 the normal, unexplained phenomena, everything from ghosts to UFOs to cryptid creatures. But anyway, I'd always uh, been a fan of Coast to Coast AM, for example. Uh, when I was a little kid, what really got me going with the paranormal was a show. You guys are probably too young to remember it, but it was called In Search Of. It was with Leonard Nimoy. And ever since then, every time I would go into a library or a bookstore, when those kind of still existed, all those bookstores now, I would go right to the supernatural section. And I said, you know what? I would love to do a podcast on the paranormal. Now, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I'm like, well, it's a paranormal podcast. It's a paranormal podcast. What could I call it? And lo and behold, it was so early, guys, that I looked out there and nobody had taken the name The Paranormal Podcast. So I said, I think I will. <laughs> and it became The Paranormal Podcast with Jim Harold. And I've been doing that show uh, since uh, the summer of uh, 2005. So we're quickly approaching the 15th anniversary of that. And we put out 629 episodes as of yesterday as we record this. Plus, I've uh, added another podcast. I've added multiple podcasts, but uh, probably the one I'm best known for, and it's actually surpassed the Paranormal Podcast in popularity, is Campfire, Jim Hill's Campfire. I've been doing that since 2009, and it's just been great. And I did it as a labor of love loved for for many years didn't make a penny off of it for several years and uh, then ended up being able to turn it into my full-time job in 2012 and here we are wow jim that is a long pathway but a very good one if i must say <laughs> well thank you thank you and the thing is is that i'm still the the beauty of it is like marries all of my interests right broadcasting podcasting, broadcasting, technology, and the main part of it that I've never lost a fascination with, and that is the supernatural. I'm still fascinated. And, you know, I interview a lot of people for this show, several people, these various shows that I do. And every week I get a few books here in the what I call the spooky studio, and I'll pick one up. I'm like, ooh, that's a good one. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. Or the same with Campfire. And when somebody calls in with a tremendously creepy story, I'm like, ooh, that's a good one. And you kind of know you're, you found the right thing for you when 15 years in, you still get excited, you're still interested, you still have a, I have more questions now than I ever did. So it's really worked out great, but it's all born from a legitimate interest in the mysteries of life. That is fantastic, Jim. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I mean, you're taking the aspect of what you said you have the passion of, which is broadcasting, and then the fascination of the paranormal. And quite honestly, that is the role model type of stuff I look for. <laughs> and I think that's where you and even Ron from Ron's Amazing Stories, you guys kind of tied me into that. And I shared this idea with my team. And we're from Indiana, and we go around and we talk to people and we try to help them and whatnot. And we try to think of different ideas on how we could further branch what we do for people and how to understand the unknown and how to not be afraid and to even share their stories so they don't feel like they're alone or losing their mind. And podcasting has proven sure. to be 
a wonderful outlet for that because it's a way to connect with different people and communities and also share a vast amount of information or at least theories to where people will, like you say, Jim, have a head scratcher. (laughs) Exactly. Those are my favorites. The ones that can make you go, what was up with that? Those, those are some of my favorite ones. But, and the thing is, is that we're all in this together because, and I've had multiple guests say this and I firmly believe that there really are no experts. I, I don't, think that anybody has it a hundred percent figured out i think we're all trying to grasp at these questions that humanity has dealt with for eons you know what happens after we die is there a god is there such a thing as ghosts you know these are really the big questions and you know we get wrapped up in the things that go on every day with politics and people fighting with one another but these are things that doesn't matter what we believe politically or what country we're in or whatever. We all have them in common as humans. The nature of reality, uh, it's, it's stuff really, I think, to bring people together rather than rip them apart. Oh, absolutely, Jim. Yeah, that, that's something I personally tell people all the time. I'm like, if you really step back for just a brief moment and you look at what life has to offer, what it really is, It's more than just getting into your car, going to work, making a paycheck, going to the grocery store. There's so much more to it. But the way society has, you know, reformed itself over all these years, you know, everyone is just so narrow minded into the physical world. You have to, like you said, believe in politics, you know, get up and go to work. And there's just so much more. There's opportunity out there. And here we are trying to figure it out. (laughs) Well, the other thing that I would say is that, you know, I also have my feet on the ground. I think you can do, I think there's this thought that if you believe, you know, among some people, oh, if you believe in this paranormal, supernatural stuff that you're, you know, head in the clouds, you're not a real, but I think, you know, I feel like I can walk and chew gum at the same time. What I do here is a business. This is a business and I have to take in more money than I put out, you know, I have to look at it as any other business. But, so I am very um, feet on the ground, you know, I've got two daughters, one's in college, the next one's almost done with high school, I had to work to put them through there. So, I mean, I think you can do both. I mean, you can, you can be a realist, you can go to that job every day, but that doesn't mean that you don't have other interests and realize that that job in, in the kind of work-a-day stuff and the everyday stuff, yeah, that's an important part of life, and you got to do that stuff. Uh, but let's not ignore this whole other spiritual side, this whole other side of mystery, because the thing is uh, that, that I've come to the conclusion is that the world and reality is a far stranger place than we realize. I have a feeling that if somebody could open our eyes and explain all this stuff to us, we would be like, mind blown. I think reality is so much bigger than we give it credit for. So to be able to hold that together where, you you know, you, you get the groceries, you, you know, your cold climate, you shovel the snow, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go to work. But then you also realize that that's just one little compartment of life. And you've got all these big questions. And I think trying to do both, that's, that's, a, that's a trick. Uh, but I try to keep that in mind that it's not just about making a paycheck. It's, uh, it's about uh, exploring these bigger mysteries. 
Jim, that is one of the best breakdowns I've heard in quite some time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. No, and I mean, you know, with it also not just being a breakdown, but it, it is what it is because there are some things that people have told me I've personally experienced that really does verify the things that you're talking about. There are two aspects to life. And sometimes a lot of people, more commonly than not, they get caught up with the physical side of the world and they don't have time. They don't want to believe in the spiritual side of the world. And that's where that that just the mindset is just so blocked. It's just a blockade. And whenever you're able to find yourself in the middle to try to bring everything together, it can make a more peaceful life in my personal opinion. You know, just in the past three years with uh, the paranormal team and the podcast world and everything, it's really helped me understand I'm not the only one that's had questions. I'm not the only one that had blockades of not understanding. I'm not the only one with frustrations, you know, and it's, it's, it all comes together again, like a puzzle. And it really helps when you have other people to verify that with you. And it's like this conversation here. It's their eye openers to me. <laughs> yeah. The thing for me, the, the way I look at it is this, is that, you know, uh, I, I, I've actually found doing the podcast and talking to so many people reassuring because I would hate to think that, you know, we're here, you know, and life has joys just in and of itself, you know, raising two kids, having a great marriage, all that. That's all great. Um, having something that's fun to do. That's all great stuff. But I'd be really depressed if I thought this was the um, whole thing. Uh, if this was, you know, uh, you get your three score and 10, and if you're lucky, maybe a little bit more, and then lights out, it's all over, you know, very materialistic. That would be really depressing to me. And, and you know, some people would say, you know, because um, I come from, my background was a Christian background. Uh, not like, you know, not, uh, I wasn't a super church girl or anything like that, although I'd been exposed to some of that during high school in that time. But um, I, I've always had an underlying faith. And if anything, all of this strengthens my faith, this, faith that there is something beyond our lives. And I, I find actually exploring the supernatural and talking to like-minded individuals reassuring. That being said, you know, on the shows, we talk about some spooky stuff, things like shadow people and the hat man. So I think there's a, personally, I think everything, there's a yin and a yang, right? Okay. I think there's a lot of good out in the world, and I think there's a lot of evil. And I carry that into the spiritual world. I believe there's good, and I believe there's evil. Um, it's um, It really expands your mind to think of these, uh, these big ch uh, questions and get to... I love talking to the authors, uh, and I also love just talking to folks who have had strange experiences. I, I find them both very interesting and very fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. And, you know, listening to your podcast, I have heard some stories on there that were truly out of this world, and some I could actually relate to as a paranormal investigator. And the funny thing is, before I got into podcasts, before I got into the whole paranormal situation, I never personally had any type of supernatural encounters, at least not that I can remember. The only thing I can recall is having a uh, imaginary friend, a very intelligent one, not just one that I would say is there, but I mean, th that's a whole nother story. And I've even covered that with uh, a couple of people with that imaginary friend theory being paranormal or just children's imaginations. But 
other than that, I've never had any type of encounters or anything outstanding. It wasn't until 2011 when I went looking for it. That's when this world opened up to me. And then ever since the podcast world also entered my life, it's just like, wow, there's so much more out there. There's a lot of people experiencing this stuff. And I mean, I get it. There is fabrication out there. Uh, I've seen it personally. Uh, unfortunately, but I mean, it's uh, ignorance isn't always bliss. It's good to be aware of that stuff. But I've also experienced more real people and encounters than I have, you know, fake and fabricated. But when, like you said, it's that verification that you get from other people that really helps you continue to move forward and to see that there is possibly something after this physical life oh yeah it's a lot better than just thinking that it's going to be a black screen because that most definitely would be depressing (laughs) and the the thing is is that i think people experience things in different ways you said you really until you start looking for it you hadn't experienced a lot now i've never been first of all i'm not an investigator uh hats off to people who do it i just um i kind of look at myself like you know, it's the difference between a sportscaster and somebody who's actually playing the game. And I do like to keep, in a way, a little bit of a distance in the sense that I can interview and talk to people with different beliefs, and I don't really have, you know, I have my own beliefs, obviously, but I don't have this attachment, well, this is the way to do it. So I've kind of almost intentionally made myself a spectator in some ways rather than a participant. Uh, but I do think people experience the other side of life in different ways. I tend to, I believe, experience in a very subtle way. I'm not one of these people who have seen, you know, ghosts that I know of or, you know, seen a UFO per se. I I mean, I've seen what I thought was a streaking comet or something once, but, but nothing like that. But I have these little weird happenstance stories that happen to me then ending up kind of like these synchronicities that are just kind of, some of them are, I think, pretty mind-blowing. And it seems like that's the way the universe communicates things to me for whatever reason. Uh, Maybe it's because the other side recognizes that I'll pick up on it. I don't know, but I have these weird coincidences that happen to me that I don't believe are coincidences. Gotcha. So, Jim, with that being said, do you feel like you have some type of intuition with sensitivity or? Not in the sense that some people are sensitive about things like ghosts and things like that, but I do think I get hints of things or I do think I have a good sense of intuition. Um, I get hints about things and, and I do believe that. I don't think I'm particularly sensitive. I used to say I'm about as sensitive as a board, but I don't really think that's, that's accurate because I've had these little strange happenstances happen to me. Um, so uh, I just think that's the way I get it or by these little hints. Um, and I think sometimes other people, the universe like presents things to them. That's why you have psychic people who can walk in a room and, you know, they can feel energies and things. I, I don't have that as much. Uh, so I would in no way say that I'm psychic or anything like that. But I do I think I have some intu- intuition and, and some intuitive uh, type things. But nothing nothing you would ever call psychic or anything like that, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I understand where you're coming from on that, Jim. It's, uh, like you said, it's not more so the spiritual aspect of it, but it's 
I guess you can say universal. In my my personal belief, I feel like there is some type of intelligent life form, regardless if you can call it spiritual or another physical, more advanced life form. There is some type of intelligent connection to what you're actually seeing, what you're catching up on. Something stands out for a reason. And that kind of goes along with uh, the rest of the team and I. We come from different, you know, beliefs, spiritual backgrounds. I was raised Christian. I've uh, more so in the past decade became became a uh, spiritualist, if you will. I do believe in God. I do believe in a Jesus Christ and all the positive vibes and stuff. But I also believe in an open to other religions, if you will, and that each one right. kind of has like a different piece of the puzzle. Not every one religion has the answer, but it's more of like just a scattered puzzle. And at one point in time, if we are ever able to come together, united we stand, divided we fall, we can finally get that answer. But we have failed to do that yet. But that's kind of the whole goal and mission, I think. And that's what drives me, you know, in a more religious belief is getting to meet different people, having different spiritual backgrounds. I've had atheists on the team. I've had satanics. I've had luciferist. I've had Methodist, uh, Catholic, you name it. And it's been really interesting to have these people come on. And for the mere fact that at least, you know, knock on wood and by, uh, by my luck, we haven't had any arguments when it comes to beliefs or religions or anything like that. When we investigate, we, we work together. We have one set goal, and that's to understand the unknown. And everyone has different beliefs. Some believe in, you know, more so the nature or the universe, having that intuition, that connection. Others believe that it's God directly. Others believe that, it, that it's Jesus Christ. Different things like that. So when you say that you have that, that pull of intuition, that really spikes my mind there of thinking of all the different connections that I've made with other people and how they believe they can be contacted from, if you will, another side. Well, do you mind, can I share a story that happened to me that I thought was really pretty wild? And, and it's not a traditional ghost story, but I thought it, it, it shows something about how, how we can get communication. Jim, that would be fantastic. Please, go ahead. Well, um, about a year, well, it must have been 2017 now, I'm thinking, fall of 2017. I'm just trying to recall here. I believe that's when it was. And I was on a cruise, and I had been asked to appear along with uh, Micah Hanks, who is, uh, I did a podcast with uh, for a good while, and who's a great guy and a really good researcher in the areas of UFOs and ancient mysteries. And then with the legendary Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who, you know, she passed uh, last year and it was a great loss. I think she was one of the greatest researchers in all of these areas that uh, that we had. But anyway, we were at this cruise, and one of the features of the cruise was for us to all talk about, um, you know, our areas of expertise or, or, or so forth and present on different topics. And I came up with a a topic uh, of black-eyed kids, uh, which is not necessarily my expertise, but I've done multiple shows on it with uh, some different guests, and uh, I've actually had the opportunity to interview the guy who kind of started that whole thing with his account in the 90s, so I did a presentation on that. But uh, Micah and Rosemary, I think, had finished their presentations. I was going to be up next, so I said, you know what I better do? I better go get some coffee because I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a cold. So anyway, I, we were in this conference room on the ship, 
And I started to step out of the conference room, and right next to it is the casino for this ship, right? So one of our attendees was playing one of these crane games. It's like on a claw that comes down, and it was grabbing money. And I had a very strong thought of my uncle, who had uh, passed a few years earlier. My uncle was like my second dad. He lived with us growing up, and and really it was like my two dads because I spent just as much time with my uncle as I did with my dad. And I absolutely uh, loved the guy. Well, he had passed a few years earlier, and I remember having this thought, man, I wish he were here so he could play that game because he would be, he loved going to stores, and when he would be done at the store, they would have those games with the stuffed toys in the little lobby area, right? You've probably seen it. Oh, yeah. And he would put like $10 in when he to win a little 99 cents tchotchke toy just because he liked playing the game. So anyway, I said, man, I wish he was here. You know, I know that you're not going to beat the casino, but he would just love the act of playing this. I wish he were here. So anyway, a woman walks up next to this guy cups her hand to her mouth and says, John, John. And, uh, you know, I just about lost it. Because guess what my uncle's name was? It was John. It was John. <laughs> and again, now, the skeptic would say, mere coincidence. But I say, I had to walk out of that room at that particular time the guy had to be playing it to draw my attention to it. Then I had to think of it. And at the same time, a woman looking for, I guess, her husband had to walk up to him at the same time, cup her hand to the mouth and say his name twice. Wow. I mean, what are the chances? What are the chances? So in my experience, my supernatural experiences have been like that, like convoluted and coincidental but very much real i think i had another one when i was a, i think i was probably about 18 years old in my family i'm from ohio grew up born and raised in ohio but my family was from west virginia and i ran down there uh to visit family one time and apparently there was this uh, young lady in the town who had seen me around and about and, and wanted to get to talk to me uh, for some reason, I don't know if she needed a stronger eyeglass prescription or what was going on. But anyway, we uh, we met and we were walking in this little town with this two-lane road. And there was a huge log truck sitting along the left side of the road as we approached it. And we split up. One went on one side, one on the other, and we walked by it. And I just remember thinking... I need to get away from this truck. So I quickened my pace a little bit, passed the truck. We met back up on the other side, bread and butter style. And uh, we continued to talk and, and thought nothing of it. Maybe went 15 feet, 20 feet. And then all of a sudden I heard a rumble. Turns out every log on my side of the truck had fallen off. The chains must have given way. Now let me ask you. Wow. Why would I know that? How would I know that? Was that just a coincidence? Man. I don't think so. Yeah, Jim, yeah. you know, little things like that, it, like you're saying, they're little jabs. 
that are just nicking yeah. you in the head. It's kind of like the, the Spider-Man thing. Spider senses are tingling, <laughs> you know, and yeah. how do you get that, you know? And I remember very specifically, that was so intense. I need to get away from this. So I, I mean, I didn't run. I just walked a little faster. And then, boom. Wow. I mean, th that probably would have, you know, those big log trucks, those logs are huge. And it was multiple logs. It probably would have killed me. Yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't have done you any good, Jim. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and I then know. Stories, like, stories like that are the kind that we feature on camp by people calling with our, our whole story. Some of them are way more, uh, you know, people will keep old body apparitions, different things will happen. But that's the premise of campfire, people call in and share their stories. Yeah, situations like that, you know, I mean, that does make for a good campfire story. And, you know, head scratchers, as you call them, Jim, because, I mean, you can align that type of story as paranormal. But at the same time, there's going to be so many people that are like, absolutely not. You didn't see a spirit pointing at the logs. You didn't see your, right. you didn't right. see your uncle John, but you had these little like mental spiritual jabs. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just that the universe says, well, this is the kind of thing he recognizes or I'm not sensitive enough, you know, where people actually, I don't know, but that's the way it seems to happen for me. That is really interesting, Jim. And thank you for sharing those stories with us. Because you have my gears grinding over here, and the, <laughs> the, the way I'm thinking right now is it's just like, I personally, you know, even without being a paranormal investigator, you know, my mom, she would grow up watching Sylvia Brown and other little psychic shows, and I, I mean, I know everyone has their opinions about the celebrity psychics, but I've always been aware of what a psychic is, and you know, kind of like spiritual intuition, didn't fully understand it, but I was kind of exposed to it. And as I've gotten older, little things like that, your stories stand out to me. And I personally would consider consider them paranormal, you know, even without being a paranormal investigator, just for the mere fact that they're unexplainable. It's not natural, what we would consider supernatural, if you will, because you're having these random thoughts of your uncle. You're having these random thoughts of danger. And it's not like you have any reason to, you know, it's it just kind of hits right. you. I'll give you another one that happened to me. Please do. And again, this doesn't necessarily, but sometimes the campfire stories are, are more dramatic, and I'd be glad to share a couple of those with you to give you a sense of some of those stories. But um, I was at, I kind of laugh because, you know, I'm, as a podcaster goes, I'm relatively successful in the sense I'm able to do it for full time living. But I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not. This American life. I'm not NPR. I mean, I'm not uh, wealthy or anything like that. I make a middle class living doing a podcast uh, or podcast. And I'm blessed for that, but people get the wrong idea. There's this one guy who in England who says, Ah, oh, that Jim Harold, he's a millionaire and can afford all that equipment. And it makes <laughs> me laugh. I kind of chuckle and say, Oh, if only you knew, buddy. But, <laughs> but the funny thing was, is that, um, so I was shopping at the dollar store one day. That's why I mentioned it. I was shopping at the dollar store, I think, actually, to get some mailers to send some books out to some listeners or something. So that shows you what a high-budget operation we have here. <laughs> but anyway, my mom passed uh, within two weeks of my uncle passing uh, when that happened in 2013. And um, this was probably three, four years later. 
And I was at this dollar store, and I saw this woman who looked remarkably like my mom. I mean, so much so that if my mom were still alive and I were in the same store with her, I might mistake this woman for my mom because she had the same glasses, same hairstyle, same height, same body type, everything. Wow. Um, so that was kind of weird. So I thought, oh, you know, hey, just, hey, they say everybody has a doppelganger, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I explained it away. So I get my envelopes or whatever I need, and then I walk in line, and lo and behold, guess who's in front of me? Is this woman. And she has her stuff, and she has a bottle of Pepsi, I think it is. And I'm standing there kind of maybe looking at my phone, da-da-da-da-da, waiting. Because there were two or three people in line before us. She turns around to me and has the bottle of pop and said, can you open this for me? And I thought, I was blown away. I'm like, what are the chances? I, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm an old guy. I've been in many store lines. I don't remember anybody ever turning around and saying, open this for me. <laughs> and, and it was kind of like, I see you, Mom. I see what you're doing. You're messing with me, aren't you? You're, or at least you're saying, hey, I'm still around. Yeah. So I think that's the way that, that I'm communicated with, little things like that. Now, main, many people would say, no, I don't think that's as, uh, as dramatic as the, the cruise ship story. But still, it was an odd set of circumstances that came together, and it, it just makes me wonder. It does, Jim. You know, and that's the same thing that makes me wonder, too. Like, regardless if this woman was a real person, you know, different identity. She just happened to have the same features, very similar features to yeah, your mom. Yeah, I mean, she struck me as a totally real person. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, with that being said, it's just like, what are the chances that it would be her that you would see that day, you know, around that time period, and then she would also have an interaction with you? You know, that, that just really stands out. But there's also another theory. You know, this is going a little further out, and I'm sure a lot of people have laughed at me, but this is how open I am. The theory is there can be guardian angels, uh, spirit guides, or it could even be your actual mother. And somehow, this is a science, I have no idea how to research or how it works, but they can materialize themselves as a real person and interact with you. And it's not like you went and, you know, followed this woman to her home, made sure she had an identity and a car and a job. It's It was a right. one-time encounter, so for all you know... It could have been a spirit guide or an angel or even your mom. And then after that, the person, the spirit was gone. And then that was your interaction. But at the same time, more logical, it could have just been someone with very similar features. And it was one of those just real quick connections. But it still makes your mind just go like a thousand miles a minute. <laughs> it does. It wow. does. And it stuck with me. And and the thing is, is that things have happened to my family. Things have happened to me. I think they've ramped up a little bit more since I've been doing these shows and that maybe I recognize things a little more but but there there have been some really interesting things the log story was before podcasting was <laughs> we're talking about like 1990 or something so or 89 or 90 so this is way before podcasting was ever ever conceptualized yeah. so I, I think that it's really you know, it's really interesting what, what might be up there. And I really do. I love hearing the stories of my callers because theirs tend to be a little more dramatic. Yeah, and some of those stories too, Jim, it's like it's not even 
paranormal spiritually related like some of the stories that you've gotten you could categorize some of these as like cryptids or interdimensional creatures and, and we're talking on a physical plane type of thing at least that's what yeah. i've gathered from some of your callers while listening and it's just remarkable and i'm sure this is one of your favorites but one of the well-known ones is the black-eyed children or um, oh, yeah. the men in black or the women in black. You know, there's so many different conceptions about these alleged beings. Uh, one is that they're alien. Another is that they're demons. Another is that they're pe time travelers, people. You know, I mean, th there's just different things. And, you know, I, w I would like to have your opinion on here, Jim. What do you believe black-eyed children or men in black, women in black, derive from? Well, what's the first thing that you think? Yikes. Um, well, one thing that one thing that comes to mind is, see, I think on some of these darker situations, I think there's a trickster element. Okay. And one of the things that Rosemary Ellen Guiley used to talk about a lot, and it's it, frankly, it's something that freaks me out, honestly, is the idea of something like the gin. Mm. And if your audience isn't familiar with that, you spell that D-J-I-N-N. And it actually, um, it's kind of where the idea of genies came from. You know, the genies we see in Jumanji or, or popular entertainment, uh, I Dream of Genie, actually came from the idea of the djinn. And they're kind of like these, I don't want to mischaracterize it because I'm not an expert, uh, but they're these entities that are on the darker side, a little more sinister side, and they are uh, tricksters. And that would, that would explain a lot of things like shape-shifting or coming in various forms or those kind of things. So I often, and, and that would, to me would extend to things like, and the reason I mention them for black-eyed kids is this. I have, in people I've talked to uh, who have done a lot of research on Black Eyed Kids and Brian Bethel, who was the original Black Eyed Kid experiencer, or at least the one that's best known. These Black Eyed Kids always get something slight off, slightly off. You know, they might, and I'm just, uh, I don't know if this is an actual example, but they might say something like, they might come to your door and say, I want some mayonnaise for my apple. Uh, you know, they, they kind of have it right, but things that they say don't quite make sense. Yeah. And the gin, as I understand it, and this is largely from Rosemary's work and the talks I've heard her give on them, um, is that they can morph into something, but they can't get 100% right. That's like one of the limitations on them. And that, to me, extended to the idea of the black-eyed kids. Well, maybe that extends to their interaction, that they can kind of look like a kid, but they have all black eyes, so they're not 100%, uh, you know, what they're posing to be and maybe in their interaction yeah they can't get it a hundred percent right so they get something slight slightly off you know you know i'd like to drink this watermelon or whatever it might be they say things that don't make sense so that's one i'm not saying it is the answer but it's just one thing that came to mind for me yeah yeah that totally makes sense you know to think about a gin you know because that does go into the more sinister and darker side of the supernatural. And obviously that's where black eyed children kind of come from. It's never really been conceived as a positive entity. 
And from the stories, no. <laughs> from the stories I've listened to and have even been told, they're not exactly um, free willed. I guess if if you can call it that, Jim. They they always mm-hmm. tend to ask for permission to come into your home or your car or into your life entirely. Right. Right. Yeah, that's what I've always heard, and you have to give them permission. I am not giving them permission if they ask me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. No, no. no way. It, even for me as a paranormal investigator, it's not worth the evidence. Not not with what allegedly could come from that, you know. And it's it's just really interesting that, you know, one little factor like the black eyes or the way that they form a sentence, that can throw the, the whole thing off and let you know that something's wrong. And, I mean, it, it seems like it goes towards people that are more fond of children or that have a, a bigger heart that want to be helpful. Those are the people that they kind of go after and um, it's just really interesting, you know, how there's different entities with similar intentions, similar abilities, similar limitations, like Jen, Black Eyed Children, and it kind of all comes together. And it just makes you wonder if it's like the telephone game. It changes over time, but it's the same entity. Right. I, uh, you know, that, that concept to me, it's, it's, it's just frightening to think that there is evil out there. But to me... It's a situation where I think all you have to do is look at life. Yes. And I know sometimes there there's psychiatric reasons and things, but if you look at some of these serial killers, if you look at the Jeffrey Dahmers, the Ted Bundys, the John Wayne Gacy's of the world, Hitler's of the world, uh, to me it's not just a psychological problem. I think when you get to that depth, I think, I, I believe there's something encouraging that kind of depravity. Uh, there's something spurring it along. Maybe there are those issues existent, but there's something evil. I believe evil is real. I mean, I wish it weren't, you know, because I talk to on some of my shows a lot of my new age friends, and they've got a lot of great things to say, and I think they have a, provide a lot of value. But Sometimes I'll say, well, do you believe in such a thing as good and evil? And they say, well, there's not really evil. There's a lower vibration. And I'm like, eh, John Wayne Gacy, there's evil. That's just my kind of thinking. Yeah, and you know, Jim, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, if what they mean by lower vibration is pure evil, then I do agree with that. Because the things that were done that are done by serial killers and people of that type of intention, I mean... I don't think there's any logical way to say that that's natural or acceptable or any way positive by any means. Right. Right. <laughs> and, right. And I do agree with that. And, you know, um, I've talked about serial killers and people with, you know, um, quote unquote mental challenges or the criminally insane, if you will, and the influence of the possibility of spiritual oppression. You know, they may not personally want to do what they're doing, but with whatever is wrong with them mentally or the vulnerability that they have with their spiritual energy, there's something that leeches onto them and it gives them that influence to go forward with doing something completely and utterly terrible. And spiritual. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I know that's somewhat controversial, but I kind of think that's a possibility as well. Not that I don't doubt that many of these people are dealing with some kind of psychological situation because how could a sane person do these things? I mean, if, it, if, if there's not insanity, it's for sure an evil spirit. Um, and I think it's a varying degree, too. I think some 
pretty sane people do some pretty awful things. I think when you get into these darker levels of depravity, I think many times there's some kind of level of, of, of evil. But if you think about it, uh, if I remember correctly, part of the definition of criminally insane is that, you know, if, if somebody tries to cover up what they do, they're not totally insane because they don't realize it's wrong. They don't realize there's something to cover up. Yeah. So uh, if they start covering up things, which, you know, many of these serial killers and so forth do, and they have ways to cover their tracks. And I did a show, I for a long time I did a true crime show, even before Serial was popular, uh, the, the podcast, even before they were the rage. And I did an interview, one of the last interviews I did for that show last year was about this serial killer by the name of Israel Keyes. And what he would do is he would go to different towns and he would bury murder kits. And uh, then he would go from town to town and use them to kill a random person. So he just did it for sport or fun or whatever. Wow. Uh, you know, and there, there, he had to be somewhat sane. To, it was diabolical. It was awful. But he's obviously had, and he would max out these credit cards and he wouldn't care because he knew that, you know, eventually he'd end up in jail or dead, and I do believe he killed himself or he died, I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. But somebody who has that level of evil ingenuity to figure out how to, to, to kill people and get away with it, because they, usually uh, killers like that operate in a certain radius, right? Yeah. But he would fly clear across the country to dig up one of these murder kits, kill somebody, fly back home. And they wouldn't have a trace on them. So just uh, unbelievable the depth that, that these people, some of them, will go to to, uh, to uh, apply their, their evil deeds. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. There's, there has to be a difference between spiritual oppression with someone, you know, kind of being guided by something negative compared to someone that just is pure evil. Wherever they got the seed yeah. from, that is just what they have, and that's what they're made up, made up of. And it's terrible, but it is a very real thing. And sadly, we have to tie that in with the paranormal sometimes because tragedies typically can bring about a haunting. And yeah, yeah, and there's just evil is a thing, <laughs> and it's terrible whether it's yeah. considered a low vibration or not. It is a thing. I wish it weren't. I wish it weren't, but I believe that it is. Oh, absolutely, Jim. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. Jim, I hate to say this, but I think we're coming up on our time here. First off and foremost, I can't thank you enough for all the stories that you shared and your insight on everything, and even a little of your backstory on how you got into the podcast world. That was just fantastic. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I hope that everybody gets to check out I, the kind of show that I guide people to, and because I, I think it's the most relatable, and you know, it's free. Is Jim Harold's Campfire. You can find that on all the major podcast apps. And uh, if you like something like Ghost to Ghost AM that uh, Coast to Coast AM does, if you like true ghost stories and just regular people who have had something weird happen to them, and we've had doctors and lawyers and ditch diggers and housewives, I mean, every walk of life. Uh, if that sounds like something that would appeal to you, just um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, just type in Jim Harold's Campfire and it's sure to pop up. 
Wonderful. Thank you for that, Jim. Uh, along with that, do you have any other outlets people can reach you by or, you know, maybe ask you questions sure. or, or get on? Sure. I'm on uh, I'm on Facebook, so you can just look up Jim Harold on Facebook also. I'm on Instagram under the Jim Harold. I only did that because somebody else had Jim Harold. <laughs> and same with uh, same with Twitter. I'm uh, the Jim Harold on Twitter. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find me in all those places. Also, it's jimherald.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for that very much. Jim, I hope you've had a wonderful time, and I hope to get you back on the podcast, and hopefully next time I'll have the whole team, you know, come up here with some questions for you. Well, that will be great. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Ruler. It's been a privilege, and I thank you for your time, and it's great to meet your audience. And Again, uh, continued success with the podcast and your investigation. Thank you, Jim. All the best to you as well. That was phenomenal. Jim, thank you for coming on to the podcast once again and sharing some of your personal stories and also how you got into the podcasting world. It was a fantastic time talking with you. And for everyone listening, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast as well, learned some new things, had your mind opened up a little bit more, and of course, please follow Jim. He shared some really awesome outlets, so if you want to learn more about Jim or hear some stories that he has on his podcast, you know where to go. Also, with that being said, if you guys want to get further into the paranormal world with PILT Paranormal, you know what to do. Go to Google, type in PILT Paranormal, just like we always say, and you'll find everything about us that you may need or not need. (laughs) You'll find our website, our podcast, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. So be sure to type that in. Reach out to us if you want to get on the podcast. You have questions, concerns, comments, all that fun stuff. That's where to go. And again, this is another podcast that we have successfully finished up. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we hope that you come back for next time's podcast. Until that time, stay frosty.